According to WebMD, postpartum depression is a severe form of clinical depression related to pregnancy and childbirth. It's more common than you think. One study of 10,000 moms with newborns found that about one in seven get postpartum depression. Luckily, most of those women find that treatment helps. Unfortunately, it doesn't come so naturally. A lot of mothers are experiencing postpartum depression and are keeping these feelings repressed, locked inside because they're not even aware that it's happening. In most cases, partners are the first ones to notice um, that their, you know, their child's mother is going through depression. Well, you have to be educated about it, right? So why do we get postpartum depression? It's an imbalance in hormones. Your hormone levels rise when you're pregnant. And after your birth, your baby is born, they drop suddenly. And you know this quick change can trigger depression in some women. And if you ever feel moody before you get your period, you know how hormones can affect you, right? So imagine that tenfold after giving birth, your body is no longer yours. And I'm speaking for um, those that have experienced it. This conversation that is going to happen in this episode is just two mothers sitting down and sharing their experience with what they have realized was postpartum depression. And that's in hindsight. Um, And our community, I'm speaking of my community and her community. It is not something that is um, spoken of because most people don't know it exists. What is postpartum depression what is depression let alone postpartum depression so we figured that it would be interesting to have this conversation and put forward some feelings that that came up um, when we experienced childbirth and how we even navigated these moments on our own or with our own um, tribe our community It is even more difficult when you are a mother that is experiencing it by yourself because, again, like I said previously, most of the time, we're not aware that we're feeling these things because there's also the stress that comes with having a newborn child. Um, Added to that, again, quoting WebMD, you experience sadness, loss of hope, despair, Um, feeling unable to care for your baby or do basic chores little things can make you cry like your baby's not latching on or you don't have time to shower um you end up crying a lot and sometimes for no real reason i don't really like that part because you can't say it's for no real reason um the reason is is yours right you just can't put it into words you can explain it but your body is reacting to a moment um you have trouble feeling close to your baby or bonding there are cases where the mother refuses to hold her baby or even hear the, the baby's cry um, there are cases where you have less interest in eating you lost you lose your appetite your sex drive is gone and you have no care for self-care and other things you used to enjoy um although there's also lack of sleep there's also too much sleep in some cases and you have trouble with focus learning or memory and you know the expression you have pregnancy brain 
it comes <laughs> even after giving birth so continue on to what i'm learning here um it's important to seek counseling talking to a psychologist so to a psychologist or therapist can be helpful and what it does it is that it helps you recognize when you're having negative thoughts so you know how to deal with them better and sometimes it's not just negative thoughts it's just learning to know what's going on in your body because at some point you're kind of losing control of your emotions and you may even discuss um stress related issues and learn how to work through those so they don't affect your life moving forward and if it is not addressed it can become chronic i'm not a familiar with uh, i was not familiar with depression until i started in a family member and i started recognizing it in myself after i gave birth maybe about one to two years later down the line and i was like huh i was i was going through it i did not talk about it i did not share um any of what i felt with anyone else i just did what i thought i had to do to care for my child and just keep moving um forward so now that i know better even if you know better it doesn't mean that it's going to stop that's the trick it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen again knowing helps you recognize that you need the help it helps you recognize these emotions that you have inside of you and you can now move forward and process them so here we go listen with your heart today we're going to talk about postpartum and from the very basic meaning of the of the word it means after birth and what we're going to try to do is focus from the minute that we gave birth to our children to you know getting home in the first couple of weeks do we agree with that does that work out yeah definitely because it's a big topic that we don't really tap into that's true um and then you know i kind of related from the last um conversation we had and from there a lot of questions came forward from other people as well and then that's when you reached out to me and you said you know what that got me thinking we need to talk about <laughs> um certain feelings that we have inside of us that are so considered taboo in our community where it's frowned upon um, do you want to start by talking about your experience with um, the first time you were pregnant? And then we'll go from there. Sure. So, hi. Thanks for having me again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking about it the other day, right? And then I told you that it's two things about Haitian communities. It's one thing, yes, you get married and then you have a baby and you start your family, that's the norm. But when you actually get pregnant before you're married and you have a baby, that's the toughest route. So Yeah. We both had that same experience. Okay. Um, so let me start by yeah. saying I had a baby 
out of wedlock and I was pretty young. So everybody thought that my life was over. Like they literally told me mm-hmm. that this is it. This is it for you. You're not going to mm-hmm. go anywhere. So mm-hmm. having all that pressure and all that stress, um, after I held Viana, all I, ca- I mean, all I could feel at that point was fear. There was mm-hmm. no joy. Like, you know how people, they have a baby, they're so happy, they're crying, they're mm-hmm. just excited and everything. If I'm re- really being honest, I held her and I was like, what the heck am I going to offer you, little girl? Like, you know, but I really mm-hmm. promised to myself that I'm going to be the best person I, I can be. I'm going to push myself as much as I can to give her the best because she's going to be forever my baby and my responsibility. So my postpartum um, depression didn't start right away. Like I was really so busy because I went to school right after. Like I gave birth to her um, in June and I went back to school in September. And I literally gave birth to her one month after I took my final. So it was like I was in school and I'm like, I'm not stopping. I had a lot of support. So having her... um, Having um, other people watching her when I go to work or when I go to school was very helpful. Like I wasn't stressed about that because we kind of like had our own support system. But it was tough when I was away from her because mm-hmm. she was in New York and I was in Jersey. Do you do you feel like that's what caused that may have triggered or participated in the postpartum experience? That and the stress of, you know, um, not knowing what my future is going to be and having a lot of other stuff throwing at, you know, thrown at me. So mm-hmm. it really started hitting me when she was about a year old. And wow. that was right after, um, that was about uh, March 2010. That was right after the earthquake in Haiti. And after all that, that's when it really started hitting me. And, you know, we stay quiet about it because Mm -hmm. who are you going to talk to? Who's going to really listen to you or understand what I was talking? I was talking to a friend the other day and she's pregnant and we were um, and also in one of our podcasts with Nastasia, she said that sometimes there are traits that you um, have inside of you after the the after giving birth and you're not aware of these emotions mm-hmm. so they're not traits they're more like they're more like emotions and because you don't recognize them you don't understand it or you don't even know how to speak of them they become um silent inside of us yeah, and we were not even aware that we are going through what they call that depression what is that in our culture yeah. We don't name it that we we don't name it. Um we don't really name it at all. We just brush it off and we repress the feeling and we just keep moving. We just And another aspect is that some um midwives do encourage the partner to be there, like she's she's not gonna know that she's going through it. So you have to be be able to identify these things inside of her. Like when she's about to feel that depression and she's acting a certain way that is not um, usually herself or when she needs help, you have to be able to identify that moment when she was, she's going to need that help. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not prepared for that. We were mm, never- not at all. And I was very emotional about 
I don't know the like it was now I'm looking back and I'm like wow I became a cry baby at one point because anything would just make me so emotional and I'll be like crying like mm-hmm. it would it, it was it was tough but <laughs> wow but um I always tell people when you're pregnant it's a beautiful experience and everything but after you give birth everybody gonna see the baby more they see you just remember it's okay for you to wake up one day and be like I can't do this I just want to cry like it's okay you literally are gonna feel that way no matter how much support you have and imagine when you don't have a lot of support because in in Haiti you have way more support here it's a whole uh, village so much (laughs) yeah I experienced that that was my problem during my um my pregnancy and my birth experience I keep saying it over and over again because it's true to me it was very important that I would have my family with me but it didn't happen so let alone that I was by myself and now I had to be responsible for a new family mm-hmm. that I started talking about my son and when they gave I joke about this a lot when they gave me Micah I I was like, are you you sure you want to give me this kid? Because <laughs> I, I didn't know I had to go home with it. I thought it was just like, oh, you're born into the world and the world is ready to receive you. But it becomes so um, concrete, like tangible. It's real when they hand over this human life to you mm-hmm. and place it into your hands. This is yours. There's nobody that can tell you can have this kid. Because it's your kid. <laughs> so you're responsible for, for him or her. You're the one who is going to pace the way, pave the way for him, her. And I mm-hmm. think there's some kind of pressure that comes with that. Oh, yeah. Man, what if pressure. I screw this up? What a if I don't do this pressure. right? How am I going to do this? There's no manual that came with my baby. And... From that was the pressure as well and after having my c-section i had to get up and add it and another thing i was gonna say we i mean when you're a new mom you are so sleep deprived that sometimes <laughs> you just don't know what day it is or did i take a shower today like oh yeah like what the heck is happening in my life because the baby literally take your whole time between washing the bottles, pumping milk, changing baby, you know, giving them back. Like your days are short and your nights are long because you don't sleep. Yeah. And then the it worst was- part is sometimes I would even go to his crib and check if he's breathing while he's sleeping. Like the baby's oh, no. sleeping. sleeping. I don't, I don't, <laughs> go I don't to bed. Up, I don't move. If she's <laughs> sleeping, I don't move. I let you because I, I sleep at all. <laughs> The minute the minute they sleep, I sleep all throughout the day. I'm taking naps because I I can't function. Well. I never had that. I never had that sleep. I was actually taking advantage of the fact that he was asleep for me to do other things like cooking and cleaning, and I didn't have that village with me. True, true. Um, That's one thing too. I'm so thankful that every time I give birth, my mom is always with me at least for a couple mm-hmm. months. And so during the day, she always said that. I would help you all throughout the days, but at night you on your own because she yeah that's not. your kid and you have to yeah. bond. So I would take advantage of the fact that I know she would you know um, give her a shower 
Or if she's taking a nap, like I don't have to get up and cook or do anything. So she'll be doing that for me. And I'm really thankful because a lot of um, people that don't have their moms or they don't have, even if their mom is around, they ended mm. up they end up doing more for the mom than the mom would do for them. So I'm yeah, I hear a lot of those. Yes, I hear that too. A lot of people will be like, "I wish my mom didn't even come because she w- <laughs> she's waiting on me to cook. She's waiting on me to do this. Like she's a stranger." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm blessed because um, I always I- have her support. But when- yeah, I was gonna ask you a question. Go ahead. So when you when you said um you were you were not sure if they were gonna give you Micah to go home like throughout your pregnancy did you do any um classes or did you I did not I did not I was I think I did I wasn't in touch with my reality meaning that I just knew I was pregnant and I knew I had to go to the doctors do my check-ins but Mm -hmm. um the closest bond that I had with my son in my pregnancy is when he would kick and I would just be startled only there's somebody in there (laughs) you know i ate the right things i i drank water took my you know my vitamins Mm -hmm. and um when i got to the hospital and it was getting real it was getting real and i explained to one of my podcast guests in one of the episodes Mm -hmm. um that I did not expect to have an emergency C-section. After 20 hours of labor, my doctor was like, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, this baby needs to come out right now. So was rushed to the operating room. And then when the baby came out, he didn't scream right away. Um, they took him to the table. And I guess they were trying to like clear his airways. And when he yelled, I cried. Because that I was did real. not yes, and I did not get to hold him. They just mm-hmm. left with him, and I felt like this caused a disconnect right there. Then they transferred me over to the I don't know. It's a room recovery. where you have a recovery room, mm-hmm. yeah. And I had to do a breathing exercise, and until I reached the goal, I could not leave that recovery room. And my husband at the time. Well, my, his father, we weren't married yet, was the first person to see Micah. The baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then he recorded him for me. And then he brought me the phone to see the baby. Oh, and wow. I'm looking at it and I'm like, who's this kid? You know, it's probably not. It's, I, I'm saying this in hindsight, meaning that while I was thinking about it, Right now, it's probably what went through my mind. Like, who's this? Like, you're showing me a kid on the phone. I don't know who that is. But they were telling me he's my child. Mm -hmm. Then they took me um, to the NICU downstairs. And when I got there, they placed him in my hand. And, you know, he was so small and big at the same time. (laughs) So he was a big baby for his age. He was like fully full-term baby (laughs) um then I had to learn to you know to breastfeed him Mm -hmm. and another thing that's tough though the the breastfeeding it's not always 100% 
fairy tale and glitter and unicorns. <laughs> it hurts, okay? <laughs> I cried. I cried, we I cried. <laughs> yeah. I hear it's very painful. I've experienced some pain, but not to the point of crying. Um, so mm-hmm. let me give you a really quick story. So when I got <laughs> when I was in the hospital, I would press that red button every time she needed no to way. be fed. Because I would call the nurse, they would latch her on, and then everything is good. Because I was scared. I'm it's the latching you, part. Mm-hmm. I'm a very young mom. A lot is going through my mind. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to kill that baby. I'm, I might hold exactly. her the right way. What am I doing wrong? Like, you know, I want to learn everything from you, nurse, before I go home with this package because I'm lost. Mm-hmm. So they used to come in and they were very nice. They used to smile and then help me. So I had a lactation um, nurse teaching me how to put her mouth around, you know. The you know, the, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I go home, the first time she, like, I, as soon as I got home, I guess the whole process of filling out the paper and getting discharged took a while. So by the time we got home, it was a really good three hours since she was fed. Oh so she's waiting for that food. And... I put her on my breast without doing everything they taught me. That baby <laughs> grabbed, like, literally, she grabbed my nipple, and I screamed. I remember I had a couple friends that, that came over to visit me, and then they were already at the house waiting for me. Everybody's, mm-hmm. like, excited to see the baby, and I'm screaming. They look at me like, oh, my God, like, I'm crying, like, tears, like, literally crying. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop her from eating because she's hungry. Wow. Oh I think God. that has any emo- that can take an emotional toll on you. It's like when something hurts, you want it to stop and you'll do anything for it to stop. But this is where the sacrifice as a mother starts, right? Your child has to be fed mm. and you're in pain and, and you're like, you have to take it. All you got to do is pain. bite, <laughs> bite um, your jaw. <laughs> I remember that pain as it was like, as if it was yesterday, because it's the type of pain it's not the same as when you're in labor mm-hmm. it's not the same as if you get her like let's say I, I cut my finger I don't feel pain if I mm-hmm. if I hit my leg I, this is nothing compared to that mm-hmm. pain it's just so painful and I was mm-hmm. trying to explain it and I'm like you can't even explain how because it's like the sensation you feel it's just like oh my god anyway <laughs> so well uh, that was one of the postpartum thing too i was telling somebody that they're like yeah some people they they feel so bad when they can't breastfeed yes and there's a lot of pressure from society that's like even from giving birth naturally quote-unquote true it it, is a lot of pressure from outside to how things are supposed to be you're supposed to give birth this way you're supposed to give birth that way this is what your kid should get you should not um bottle feed your child oh you, you can't breastfeed your child it's not good for them you're not milking enough and then there's so much pride in some mothers that go like oh look at how many ounces i can come up that can come out all of this is you know it's um that's why i like crazy. there's a lot of community i i realize there's a lot of people um that are trying to um kind of stop with the stereotype or stop with the blaming or yes. the shaming I should say yeah because I realize every pregnancy is different everybody goes to different situation so if you have a baby and then the best you can do is bottle fill the baby because you don't you're not producing milk 
that doesn't make you any less of a mother because you're still feeding your baby and then it's not your fault that you're not producing milk some people they don't they don't have the, mm-hmm. the like you know they can't um especially if you had cancer like breast cancer and stuff sometimes you just don't have the um you're not able to yeah. do it Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. And then I feel like we have to allow mothers to speak up and f- say how they feel or be there for them as much as we want to see the baby and enjoy the baby. When you go see a new mom, just take a minute and ask them, okay, did you have a time to shower today? Let me hold the baby. Take a minute. Oh you know, God, like yes. it's important to show the mom that you need to be okay because mm-hmm. we know you're not okay. Because so. Well, I remember, well, just right now you asked me if I had, if that was I reading books or did I take any classes? And I think it's because the fact that some mothers don't feel like it's okay to speak up is because they were not given permission. You know, they don't know that it's okay to speak up or if they don't, they've never experienced childbirth or seen anybody around them um, give birth or have a mother or a cousin or auntie to talk to them about it. How are you supposed to know, you know? And then when you grow up in a, in a household where your mother is the one who's in charge of everything, who's doing everything, who's always even, she, you see her tired. You see that at the end of the day, she's rubbing her feet, but she doesn't speak of her emotions. And oftentimes we say, you know, men don't speak up, whatever. But women deal with the same thing as well. They don't always say what's going on, on the, in their mind. And True. I... I was going through that after, after giving birth, I had all these emotions that I held in because in some way I felt like my partner was doing his part. You know, he was doing almost everything. So who was I to open my mouth and say, you know, I, I feel need sad. I yeah. I don't know. I understand my body. <laughs> I want to cry. I want to rest my, you know, um, but it's okay. It's okay to speak about it. It's okay to say it. it doesn't mean that because you feel this way, you're going to wallow in it and people are going to think you're good for nothing. Speaking mm-hmm. about it allows help to come. Um, yeah. You can't expect people to be there for you or help you if you don't speak about it, if you don't tell if them. If they don't how know feel, how to help you with they don't, it, exactly. what to help you with. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny story because after giving birth, uh, Micah was in the NICU for a couple hours um, and then came a point. They said, OK, we're going to bring the baby right now. We're going to bring him up. He's ready to be in the room with you. They bring him to the room and um, four hours later, the nurse comes in and goes like, so did you did you change the baby's diaper? And I'm like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> the like, baby didn't cry though. No, he didn't cry. No, he's a very happy baby. You're supposed to change the baby's diaper, and I'm like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> like, back on it, and it's only after she said that it clicked. Like, come on, Natalie. Like, you, you, you've seen, you've played doll. You have changed the baby's diaper. I feed the baby, and there you go. It's like I, I was never the one to ever ask for help. And as long as the baby wasn't great, I thought he was fine. <laughs> good. Yeah. Oh, I sucked. And I, I mentioned that before. I felt like I was a failure at that moment. And it's just those little things. And I'm like, I just started motherhood and I'm already, I suck at it already. 
some horrible things happen as a mother even if you experience or not stuff mm-hmm. will happen the only yeah. thing you can pray and hope for is that you do your best and they come out you know okay <laughs> they come okay out. no they come <laughs> because out sometimes human being i'm serious yes yes i am very serious like all jokes aside as you're raising a kid, that's your biggest fear for them to fail or for them not to be, you know, a your good citizen as they grow up. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for, for example, like every kid has their own um ways. They have their own, like they different. I could tell you yeah. that much. Yeah. They are different. So the way you raise one is not the same way you're gonna be able to raise the second one because they or both, they both might be raised the same way. They might be raised exactly. It's a, it's about two brothers can be mm-hmm. raised in the same household and turn out to be two different people. It's, again, so, against the pressure on parenthood on Yeah. So as you're going through motherhood and everything you have to just keep doing your best because that's all you can do and always try to take care of yourself now i'm learning it i'm learning to literally take care of myself if i'm not feeling okay if i'm not if i need a moment to myself i'm taking that moment because if i'm like the machine that's getting everybody going so mm-hmm. if i'm broken i know they all they do they can't they can't Engine. they can't really function mm-hmm. without me telling them okay this is this is the schedule this is what's not what needs to be done if I don't get up and wake up Vienna to go to school she won't know like everybody will be lost so Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like today is my day I'm just gonna rest or today like I had to learn to take a moment for myself because it gets really overwhelming so that's a lesson I think that we can give as an I mean it's an advice that we can share with others um yes yeah. make time for yourself i know it's i hate saying it make time for yourself because till this day it's hard for me to make time for myself i know that i need time to myself but do i make the time to myself if i can it's the it sometimes at the beginning there's this thing they call baby blues that's not totally postpartum it's a slight depression after birth because your body is not it's not yours anymore it's mm-hmm. still f- you give birth and it's still functioning to to serve this child. It's not going to end anytime soon. <laughs> it lasts quite a, lo- a while, but sometimes there's baby blues. But when it persists, you know, you could experience through you can experience it through lack of sleep. Um, you're not eating and well. All the hormones too. all the hormones. hormones. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember when I gave birth um, right after I was shaking uncontrollably. Mm-hmm, me too and my me partner too. thought I, I was cold but I was like I'm mm-hmm. not cold like and then the doctor explained this that it was normal. an imbalance yeah it's an imbalance yeah. on you and your hormones and your body's trying to readjust can you believe that yeah it's it's like it's you're a going shock. to a shock oh my god it's a shock it's like your body is first of all it was fine the way it, it was. was then this foreign little thing started growing and taking over everything sucking the vitamins out of you by the way when you're taking your vitamins it's only to feed you and not the baby because the baby's already taking whatever it takes everything. yes <laughs> yes yeah then after it starts getting used to the baby being there it goes through shock where it's like okay bye it was nice seeing you guys organs start to be pushed back down and then there's also the body image that changes after giving birth that's another episode because we have to touch that 
I dealt with that for over nine years. And then wow. I, I was like, I have to stop. I really have to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people don't understand that when you young and you get married and you have a kid or, you know, even if you're not married and you just have a kid, you feel like your partner does not look at you. The same oh my God. Because this- of the Thank way you. your, you, your body. <sighs> I felt disgusting. I felt, and then I was being told that, Oh, you, you I don't know, but your nose is a little, <laughs> a little big. And then your skin gets darker. And then you have this of long, course. dark line that goes from your neck down depending on who you are and I agree with you after giving birth you're not going to hear you're you're beautiful nobody you're not going to feel desired and then you lose even the 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 need to look pretty all the time because there are and your sex drive and your sex drive goes down so it's a lot to talk about yeah. we definitely have to <laughs> no all of that plays a part in that yeah mm-hmm. it does we have play. to understand that yep it's a lot. It's a lot. And I know we're just barely touching the, the subject, but we, we definitely will be digging into, <laughs> into it a little more. All the new moms out there, please stay strong because trust me, it's all worth it. You're always going to have that deep love for your child. So just give yourself yeah. enough. Yeah, enough. A love you can't even explain. It's just yeah, there. Give yourself some slacks like it's okay to feel sad or to just feel tired because I, mm-hmm. I am tired after seven <laughs> years I'm still tired <laughs> but I sleep though I sleep now I don't I don't you know I don't have that issue mm. but mm. it's a lot of work my advice is I'd, I'd say don't ugh, save time to do a little thing that you love doing even if it's just yeah meditating or doing your nails and then friends check on your friends after giving birth it's not just a baby bring them up like a basket of things that right (laughs) right I remember you did that and I was like so thankful I'm like wow somebody thought about me yes that was was really (laughs) nice I told you that the other day I'm like listen that was the best gesture because we always gonna think about the baby because that's the new you know cute baby and everything but Mm -hmm. we don't we don't check on and the everybody's mom. excited for the baby and yeah we don't yeah. check on the mom and mm-hmm. the mom is very important when it comes to to a happy baby you know and then it's always good to talk about it like slow down to know yourself to to listen to your body listen to your thoughts listen to whatever is shifting you're entitled to talk about it you're entitled to feel the way that you're feeling because you're going through great change. And we're not experts here. We're just talking based no. on our experience. No, we so. are not experts. But we went through it. So we know how we felt. And mm-hmm. we know how so many other people are feeling. Or how what they shared um, mm-hmm. with us. So that's why we think that we could, you know, give our own advice. Because a therapist, if you go to a therapist that has never been a mom, you could explain to them. They train to understand what you're saying. But mm-hmm. if they are a mother, then they could share with you what they've been through, exactly. or they could understand what you're mm-hmm. going through based on based, you know, based on what they experience. So that connection is really from mothers to mothers. Let me tell you, it's a real thing. To be depressed after you give birth is real. I don't care <laughs> if you have um 
the best support in the world or you yes very you know you're very in touch with your emotion you're still gonna feel it you are gonna feel it Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people who went through that even i mean you said you had a good village surrounding your friends your family i still experience it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i think it's a personal that note I want to say thank you for coming again. And this is probably not going to be our last conversation. We'll definitely have a new, a new episode. We'll come up <laughs> with gonna something. It's going to be a sequence. <laughs> yes. Mothers talking to new mothers. Mothers talking to new mothers. So thank you for coming again, Rose. And I hope that we helped a lot of you guys and knowing that you're not by yourself. And that the trustful process of life is that things will keep happening. And it's just a matter of not thinking that they're, they're just weird and crazy things and that life is out to get you. We're just a whole community trying to figure everything out all together. Yes, thanks for having me. I really hope. I mean, this was really amazing. It's a good talk. I hope to continue that. And, you know, hopefully we help at least one person. I really hope that this podcast is actually helping someone who is going through postpartum depression. One of the things that help remediate that are, for example, exercise when you can. You can maintain a healthy diet, create time for yourself, create time for yourself. It can be very difficult. And, you know, it requires sometimes a friend that sees that you need that time to allow you to rest and be like you know what i'm gonna wash the baby the baby's clothes i am going to help you um wash the bottles i'm going to help you take care of the baby so that you can have at least an hour to yourself um sometimes you know it it really falls into breastfeeding and Resisting isolation. Depression tends to pull you to, I'm all by myself. I'm all alone in this. Nobody's going to understand. Nobody cares. But that's not true. Someone out there, someone in your family, among your friends, cares. And I think at the very bottom is, uh, I think that it results to, speaking up say what's on your mind say what you're feeling and then help a come